You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. So much good that we've heard this morning already, and um, I almost feel I don't need to preach, but this is the last one in the I Am series, so let's go with it. Um, and you'll be very relieved to know that I don't have an iPad or a <laughs> tablet this morning, just to go back to the old fashioned. <laughs> so, this is the final I Am statement. Remember, it began with the call to Moses. In Exodus 3, it was 13 and 14, Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And we've spent the last few sessions of this series looking at Jesus on earth, God's Son, announcing himself, the great I am. John 8 and 58, we read that Jesus, Jesus is speaking, he says, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. And if you go on and read the next verse there, you'll read how the Jews wanted to stone him because he was committing blasphemy, claiming to be God. But you know, Jesus was simply proclaiming the truth. He was and he is God, the great I am. And Jesus took the name seven times while on earth, and this was one of the reasons why the Jewish leaders wanted him dead. And we've looked at them all now. He said, I am the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the door, I'm the good shepherd, I'm the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection, the way, the truth and the life. And last time, I am the true vine. And they were all showing us a little more of the character of God and who he is for his people when they know him for themselves. And today we're completing the series with amazing words, not from earth this time, but from heaven. So let's read from Revelation chapter 1, and we're reading verses 1 to 8. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the word of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it. So we're blessed this morning, folks. And take it to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is, and who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us, and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power 
forever and ever. Amen. Look, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. And here it is. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. The Almighty. So this is the final I am statement made by Jesus, not from earth this time, but from heaven. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Now probably, um, I think some, some of you and some other Christians might find the book of Revelation not to be the easiest read or the easiest biblical book to understand. But I do love the fact that Revelation simply means unveiling. So to uncover or to reveal something, and I'm greatly encouraged that this is a book where the Holy Spirit seems to just pull back the curtain and give us the privilege of seeing the glorified Christ in heaven and the fulfillment of his sovereign purposes for our world, particularly his great purposes for our church. It's been talked about this morning. Jesus is coming back again. So the book, which is John's prophecy, is primarily the revelation of Jesus, not the revelation of future events. It is all about Jesus, God's Son. And anything that shows us more of who he is is surely worth pursuing. Jesus is the chief subject throughout Revelation. In chapters 1 to 3, Christ is the exalted priest and king ministering to the churches. In chapters 4 and 5, he's seen in heaven as the glorified Lamb of God, reigning from the throne. In chapters 6 to 18, he's the judge of all the earth. And in 19, he returns to earth as the conquering King of Kings. And you know, the book closes with the heavenly bridegroom ushering his bride, the church, into the glorious heavenly city. That's a day to look forward to, folks, isn't it? His plans for us are absolutely awesome. But we're staying in the first few verses of the first chapter of this amazing book. When we were living in Israel, we went to church every Saturday. That was Shabbat. And Dan, the pastor there, had a question that he asked during every sermon he preached. And that question was, what, David? So what? So what? <laughs> uh, you know, it's great to read scripture, to learn more truths, but that learning has always got to impact on our lives now. So what is Jesus saying when he says, I am the Alpha and Omega? What does it mean for us today? How is it going to impact us in 2021? How will it motivate us to bring kingdom to bonus? And I want to look at Revelation 1 and 8 and use those three questions, uh, those, sorry, use those questions to, uh, and I'd suggest doing that in three points. So my three points are, back to three this week, let's consider the Alpha and Omega, and then let's consider the beginning and the end, and finally, let's consider the one who is to come. 
So, first of all, the Alpha and Omega. You know that the first letter in the Greek language is Alpha and the last is Omega. Now that means that Christ not only began the universe, but that he will speak its final word as well. He's the complete one. Everything we need is in him. He repeats, I am the Alpha and Omega again, right at the end of the book. In chapter, uh, sorry, in Revelation 21 and 6, he says there, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega. I'm in control. I'm making everything new. He tells John to write it down because these words are trustworthy and true. They're for us. This is God speaking directly to his people. For all time, he's making us brand new. Isn't that exciting? How do we deal with past sin? How do we take up new opportunities that God gives? Well, first of all, we know we need to repent and claim his forgiveness. But once that is done, we don't need to brood over past sin. God has forgiven you. So forgive yourself so that he can use you. And I'm not saying that glibly because people I know are going through many difficult times at the moment. But listen to his voice. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm making everything new. Jesus says, I'm the A and I'm the Z. It doesn't quite have the same ring as the Alpha and the Omega, does it? But words, that's how words work for us. Every word is made up of lots of different letters. So every desire and every need can be expressed in the alphabet. That's how the great authors have expressed themselves. They, uh, 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 they and we rely on the letters of the alphabet. And we, we know that Jesus is the A and the Z and everything in between. You know, Paul in Colossians 3 and 11 is saying the same thing. He says there's no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. The other day I heard someone introduce themselves, they were asked to introduce themselves and he said that he was a Christian masquerading as a dentist. And I absolutely loved that because the first thing is he was a Christian and his day job was he was a dentist. But I just thought it was, it was amazing and so right. Because first of all, we're Christians. Right at the end of Revelation, Jesus is still saying the same. Chapter 22 and verse 13. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. I find when God keeps repeating things to me, it's because he really needs me to pay attention to it. And it's there in the book of Revelation, time and time again, I'm the first and I'm the last. When he says that, he goes right back to Isaiah 41 and 4. Who has done this and carried it through, calling forth the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, with the first of them and the last. I am he. Or in Isaiah 44 and 6, this is what the Lord says. Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty, I am the first and the last. Apart from me, there is no other God. Or 
Finally, in, in 48 and 12, he says, Listen to me, O Jacob, O Israel, whom I've called. I am he. I am the first and I am the last. This for me is more than solid proof that Jesus is who he says he is. He's God. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Secondly, Jesus is the beginning and the end, who, who is and who was. God began everything and he'll finish everything. He began as creator and he will end as judge. He's the beginner and the finisher. In Genesis 2 and 1 it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished in all their vast array. Genesis 1 is all about how God made everything. He brought order out of chaos. He created every living creature, every living plant. If, it was if it's alive, it was made by God, created by God. Human beings let him down, we know that, choosing to follow the serpent's words rather than the words of God. But he didn't give up on them. He'd begun the work. He's the beginner who was, but he's also the finisher too. Man's disobedience and sin closed the door on the relationship that Father God wanted with man. Sin made that great chasm, that great gulf which remained until God gifted us redemption through the finished work of Calvary. Jesus, God's Son, came to the sin-cursed earth, lived as a man, taught us through his works and his words that he is the author and the finisher of a work to bring us back to Father God. The chasm and the gulf was filled with the blood of Jesus. He paid the price by dying on a cross at Calvary. Hear his final words from the cross in John 19 and 13. He's just had a drink and he says, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. Done for all time for us. All the prophecies throughout the Old Testament of the coming Redeemer were fulfilled when that baby was born of a virgin mother in a dirty, dark stable in Bethlehem more than 2,000 years ago. His life and ministry constantly proclaimed his deity. Indeed, we've spent the last eight weeks looking at the I Am statements he made. And ultimately, his death and resurrection finished completely for all time the gulf between God and man. All possible only by God becoming a man, showing the way to live and paying the price for all our sins, bringing us back to an intimate relationship with Father God. He's my dad this morning. He's your dad because of all that, that, that Jesus did for us. There's a little bit of finishing which will happen when he returns. Read the rest of Revelation, it's all about Jesus coming again. He's returning to defeat, defeat all evil and to establish his reign for all time. Revelation is a book of victory. Amen. We read already Revelation chapter 1 to look at the final I am statement made by Jesus. But the previous verse, which is, tells us what this book is all about. I'm getting a wee bit ahead of myself, so I'll stick with the second point, it's the beginning and the end. He finishes the work in our individual lives. Listen to Philippians 1 and verse 6. Being confident of this, 
that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, until he comes back or until he calls us home to be with him in glory. This verse is such an encouragement for us when everything seems to be going wrong. You'll get times like that as well, I expect, or is everything just bright and rosy all the time? Um, but we, we all get down from time to time, but let me tell you, it is always our Father's way to finish and to perfect everything he begins. He's not interested in just gluing onto our lives a thin veneer that's typical of some modern furniture. He carves things that are solid and permanent, things that will last for all time and live on through eternity. You can trust him. Salvation is just the beginning. He's not through with us yet. Listen to Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. Chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are God's workmanship. Now, I heard that translated much better. For we are God's work of art. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Verse 9 makes it clear we're not saved by good works. We can never earn salvation. But verse 10 says that we are created for good works. We have a work to do. He is going to bring his kingdom to bonus as people see him in us. And thirdly, finally, he's the one who is to come. Who was, who is, and who was, and who is to come. The one who died and rose again is coming back. That surely demands a hallelujah. I can hear Tom, can't hear him. <laughs> Let me remind you of Revelation 1 and 7. Look, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. This verse describes the Lord's return to earth, and it's amplified in Revelation 19 and 11. This is the revelation, remember, given to John by Jesus. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and makes war. This isn't the same as him returning in the air to catch away his people, the church. Then he'll come as a thief in the night, but only those who have been born again will see him. Revelation 1 and 7 will be witnessed by the whole world, and especially by a very repentant nation of Israel. It will be very public and will climax the tribulation period described in Revelation chapter 6 to 18. Are you looking for the one who is to come? I pray you are this morning. You know, one of the things that's really struck me as I've been studying this I Am series is how Jesus took things that people saw or used every day to bring them a clear understanding of who he is and all he has done for them. It was all very simple imagery because, you know, he wanted them to come to know God 
and he's still exactly the same. We love an all-sufficient God. He's done it all for us. There is nothing that we can add. You need to know him for yourself, not just about him, but to know him. So come to him in faith, simply believing, and you'll find in him all that you need. So if you don't know him, reach out now. If you do, and I know that's vast majority of us, if you do, remember all he is, all he's done, and resolve again to spend your life giving back to him so that we can win our town, our friends, our family to him to bring kingdom to Bones. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the one who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So may God bless you richly as you follow this amazing Son of God and find in him all you could ever want or need. Amen.